Hello and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who spent too much time with an orb of confusion. Josh Hemo. That explains a lot, actually. Yeah, he, you're always very, very confused. And lost. Yeah. <laughs> Making stupid faces. Yeah. yeah. You guys can't see him, but it's it's a pretty stupid it's face he's got going pretty on. Pretty awful right <laughs> now. <laughs> it's okay, Josh. I will lead the way for you. Because this you. week, it's our podcast time. You know, we're recording a podcast. Oh, was that we what talk we're about, doing? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We talk about SpongeBob. And uh, we talk about the episode that we watch. And then we get those nice lessons that we learn from the episode. And then we just give it to our listeners. You okay. less confused now? A little bit. I think I have better variants of where I'm at. So thank you. Okay, good. Because uh, this week we're checking out Season 2, Episode 11, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 3, and Squirrel Jokes. Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 3. 3. Da, 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 da. So in this episode, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy are going on vacation. And so they decide to let their really responsible friends, SpongeBob and Patrick, watch the super fancy Mermelair. And while they're, you know, goofing around in the Mermelair, they find Man Ray frozen in tartar sauce and set him free by accident and kind of have to teach him how to do good. And, you know, the typical shenanigans happen. I like using shenanigans for the rest of the episode because, I mean, if you've seen the episode, you know what happens. It's pretty, uh, it's a pretty stressful, but fun time. <laughs> Josh was telling me he had a little confession before we started recording this segment. Confession. I realized as soon as the title came up for this episode that I really don't think I care for the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episodes. Which I find very, very shocking. Yeah, I don't know why. It was like a weird realization I had as soon as I saw it. I was like, man, I don't want to watch this. I was like, oh, wait, this is weird. I didn't realize I didn't like them, but I guess so. Why didn't you want to watch this, this I one? always, I don't know, I guess... For some reason, it's I don't know. I guess I just don't care about the these that that, that storyline. These storylines, yeah. As much as I thought I did, like I do remember really enjoying when all the SpongeBob characters become superheroes. Yeah. So maybe when we get there, it'll be better. But like every time I see one of these, I'm like, oh. <laughs> see me as soon as I saw the thumbnail with Man Ray, I was super excited for this episode because I I love the moment where uh. With the whole wallet situation. Yeah, classic meme. Yeah. Um, but to get us started on our philosophical discussion, I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. do you think it's possible to teach someone to be good after they've been evil? Because that's basically what this whole, yeah, epi- this yeah. whole act is about. It's like, can you... Can you rehabilitate can, someone? Can you teach someone to be good? The optimist in me would like to think that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's this... It's, it's really tough. I think there's no universal answer. I think with like questions like this, there's no way to say like, yes, you for sure certainly can. Because I think there's bad people who do bad things that certainly can turn their life around. Um, mm-hmm. But there's plenty more other bad people who are just don't give a crap. They will just do whatever the hell they want and cause as much chaos for others as other for as they want. It's crazy. So I don't know if I have a definitive answer for that. Yes or no? I say maybe yes in certain circumstances. Maybe yes. You're op- uh, like an optimistic yes? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
or more like a like a hesitant like yes like, i don't know i mean like there's a lot of people who go to prison and turn their life around as soon as they get out so it's like i think people can change their life and make better choices but again i think there's plenty more people out there who don't give a crap and will just cause as much chaos as they can for others i, I like it because there's some like european countries i forgot what country it was but like where their prisons are more like rehabs mm-hmm. where they kind of just put people like a night in a community. And then in, in that community, they like try to teach them how to be better people. Yeah. Which like, like there's such a like crazy, there's so much stuff about prisons and like the like prison industrial complex as it's known to that, like is so just harmful to society in general. And it's like, okay, are, are, what's the point of a prison to put people in there that are bad for forever or to put people there that are bad and hope that they, you know, learn their lesson, you know, taking it that it's like, well, at least here in America, I don't know other countries, but it always felt like prison was just a way to protect the general population from these people who are bad. I mean, a lot of these people, not that, like, they're not that bad. And then sometimes prison makes it worse. Like, it makes people who aren't that bad worse because of the prison system that have gangs and drugs and violence yeah. within the prison. There's no, there's no, like, law and order within the prison to, like, keep them from getting, like, worse. Yeah, it's, like, a very stressful place, I'm yeah. assuming. I've never been yeah. there. But, yeah. yeah, it's not a fun place. It's crazy. But it'd be interesting to see some research about, like, that, uh, european thing you were talking about yeah i'll, I'll send you some links thanks <laughs> slide into my dms yeah where do you think mermaid man and barnacle boy went to vacation do you think, do you they, think go they go to like land or like do you I think they say, stay underwater i was saying they probably probably go to the surface so i don't know i really don't understand how barnacle boy and mermaid man work in this universe they're so like they're so tiny them as humans are just super tiny so <laughs> did they mutate like how did how did they end up here and that's the big question maybe they got hit with the the belt that makes a miniature big or small yeah maybe i was like and that's how they were like okay we're gonna be superheroes of the of the deep we need some more backstory there with all with the also with the french narrator that we learned that it's just like a diver that like just chills in there and like narrates this thing what does he think about them you know maybe mermaid man and barnacle boy don't really exist um, it's like I think weird... they do. You think they're a figment of whose imagination? SpongeBob's or Patchy's, I guess. Patchy's sick, sick imagination. Yeah, <laughs> I had a question though. So there's so many gadgets and stuff in this one that they like kind of mm-hmm. gloss over, but that's like a common trope for superheroes. So like for you, what would be your go-to gadget you'd want to uh, play with from a superhero? Okay, first of all, I I have a bone to pick before I, I go into Ooh. that question. Why do superheroes in so many cartoons and movies keep the weapons that bad guys create? Just in case. Just in case for what? At least deactivate them. I guess so. Like all that shit was ready to go. You can't like unplug one little wire so it's like it's not ready to go on like but the first. Then it's not ready to go for them in case they need it. Yeah, but to, like to how badly fair. are you gonna need it? Oh, I don't know. You, don't you know defeated the person who had the original weapon. So but then like, there's always someone bigger and worse out there. I, do, I just don't like it. If I was a superhero, like, okay, like, I would have my gadgets. And to answer your mm-hmm. question, I think, like, if I had a gadget, let me think about it for a second. Um, Get that Thanos glove. That Thanos glove. Make it easier to get I wouldn't on the consider that it. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, 
<laughs> there you go. I got a no seat crowd, now, no but... more crowd. <laughs> I got multiple seats to choose from. No, I just I don't know. I wouldn't consider that a gadget because I don't think I mean the Infinity Stones weren't built, were they? I don't know. I, I don't know. know. I'm not I'm not nerdy enough for that. Yeah. Um I don't know. My gadget would probably be something like really really simple that like like can hack into someone's computer. Like more of like a James Bond gadget. Gotcha. Where it's like put my cell phone next to a computer and it downloads all the information like stuff like that just so it's something i could like steal other people's stuff like information i would be like uh basically amazon the amazon <laughs> superheroes where it's like oh i just collected everything that you ever wanted and desired for the rest of your life and i'm going to use that to keep you safe sounds like a super villain more than a superhero no, because, well, it's like I'm that like middle ground superhero, the one where it's like anti hero. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, I know everything about this person and it's really creepy and it could definitely be used for evil, kind of like Batman. Batman also has like a lot of research and stuff like that. But then I don't do it. I don't mm. do that. Okay. Since we're on the topic of like superheroes and stuff, fun, one fun fact that I found that I was worth noting is Man Ray is a parody of Black Manta, which is the arch villain of Aquaman. Who Mermaid Man himself is a parody of. So I didn't know that. I'm not a very big Aquaman fan. I don't think anyone is. Uh I mean some people are, I'm sure. He's still relevant. I, I wouldn't so. be. <laughs> uh but I also haven't seen the newest Aquaman movie, so Has we'll that even come out yet? It did. Oh. I heard mixed things. Well, it's, it's um, a DC movie, so not surprised. So what gadget would you have? I definitely do the web slinging stuff from insert any Spider-Man that isn't Peter Parker here. That isn't Peter Parker? I don't think he uses it. Doesn't he naturally just shoot webs? Or at least oh, I, I don't think the original one. The, the You mean like Sam Raimi's Peter Parker? Yeah. I, I kind of like it. that Spider-Man though. I like the fact that like it's more of a natural thing. I didn't like the natural thing, but if you use a gadget, it would be pretty cool. I'd have to start small so I don't end up like jumping off a roof and killing myself, but that'd be pretty sweet. Hey, you gotta watch into Spider Verse, man. It's about that leap of faith. Um, he started off uh, small too, though. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of leap of faith, mm-hmm. I think it's really amazing how SpongeBob and Patrick are just like, "All right, sure, you're good now." You said please, <laughs> or even before that, where they release him from the frozen tartar <laughs> sauce, they're just like, "Oh, you're good now. Got it." Why do you think they use tartar sauce? Of all things. It didn't even look like tartar sauce. That's the clearest tartar sauce I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's frozen. Have you ever frozen tartar sauce? <laughs> Have you ever frozen Except, mayo? Hey, exactly. <laughs> you don't know. You've never done it. But yeah, but SpongeBob was really quick on the draw when Man Ray was attacking. You just hit him straight with that tickle belt. Maybe that's why they're so trusting. Like They already had a backup. They already knew that they could incapacitate him. We got to address the wallet scene. It is one of my favorite scenes in all of SpongeBob. Where he's, it makes me, I relate to it so much because there's so many times where I've been like on set or like in another situation where you're kind of like using logic. You're like, okay, so we want to do this, yes. And they're like, yeah. Okay, so we need to do this. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, finally. So because we need to do this and we're doing this, then this is the plan of action we should take. And they're like, no, but that doesn't make sense. And you're like, oh my God, it makes perfect sense to do it this way. And that wallet scene, I think, is just beautiful in that well, situation. Just, yeah, I mean, it's it's very good, like, setup. Like, you explain the whole situation bit by bit. I feel like this is exactly how, like, customer service 
yeah. people must feel all the time, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, sir, I cannot give you this discount. I've explained all the pants. reasons. <laughs> I can tell you wore these pants. There's ketchup stains all over them. It's all this, all this tartar sauce on my pants. Feel bad for Man Ray during that. <laughs> I, well, you know what I don't feel bad for? Man Ray's abs. He's oh, no. ripped. Did you see that? He's got a six pack. Maybe then. I mean, laughing so much would work those abs out. So I wonder if he's uh, if this was a consistent thing. If the laughing helped. There you go. One small lesson: laughter can give you sweet abs. But also, how much of Man Ray is actually real? He takes off his helmet at the end. His head's not there. So. Do you think like he's a person in a robot or something, or maybe just a headless person? Maybe it's like, for all the the anime fans out there it's like a full metal alchemist situation please explain i still haven't seen it yet it's on my queue missing out uh one of the brothers uh is his soul is in like a suit of armor so this armor is empty but he still runs around in it so makes sense could be could be something like that that makes sense i kind of like that who knows (laughs) It, it makes more sense than or maybe he's just invisible maybe and That's he a, just likes wearing the, the helmet to make him feel scary. It's actually just a tiny little uh, manta ray inside or something like that. <laughs> like a, an actual atomically correct manta ray. Yeah. Like the whole like uh, smiley face. Yeah, have you seen those manta ray pictures where it's like, oh, it looks like they're smiling. Yeah. It's like that. But he wears the other one to be like scary. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Um, do you think a tickle belt would be like an effective form of torture? Because they do have oh. tickle torture. Oh, 100%. I think so. I think I would be defeated very yeah. quickly. Yeah, I don't know anyone who actually enjoys being like tickled to the point of like you can't breathe. Because that's the thing. It's like you can't breathe after a while. Like, Yeah, and it hurts. It hurts. It hurts, Janice. It hurts. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All that laughing. <laughs> I do like the little line we get when he uh, fries SpongeBob and Patrick, and he's like, "What's that smell? That's the smell of defeat." And Patrick's like, "Nah, good, because I thought it was my skin." Yeah, that was like, great. That was great. I do like how they turn from ash to back to to normal. Yeah, like, they start Real these little quick. ash things, and they're like, <laughs> um, and also the fact that Patrick gave SpongeBob his invisible driver's license, and SpongeBob immediately crashed into a <laughs> a pole. Um, Paul. So maybe all of his driving woes aren't just anxiety like we've thought of in he's the just, past. He's just super bad at it. He's just bad. We we all can't be good at everything. And SpongeBob just maybe he's not good at driving. It's good. It's okay. That's why they have buses and bikes. I I get really mad at Manta Ray for the moment where uh they drop the box on his toe, where Patrick keeps dropping the box on him, and I'm like, just move your foot, and you'd be fine. Or just pick it up yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. His box full of wallets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he loses them all the time. You're going to have some of those. Uh, why do you think that Man Ray and I think like Barnacle Boy and Mermaid Man are affected by the orb of confusion? Because they're able to turn it off. Yeah, you get close enough to turn it off. Maybe you have to be smart enough. Well, maybe. That's, or maybe, that's I mean, he, Man Ray, Man Ray's so tall. No, no, no. I don't know if the height has it's, anything It's weird, it. right? Uh, maybe Man Ray's helmet. I would I would argue that, and then maybe um, Mermaid Man's just Alzheimer's protects him. <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's always confused. He's already confused. That's just sad. It's like the Hulk. He's like, <laughs> just... 
always like, confused. I need you to get, I need you to get confused. And Mermaid Man's like, I'm always confused. <laughs> and then he flips the switch. Flip, flip. Flip, flip. And, and he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was thinking, how does Man Ray, the negative versus positive reinforcement, like, how do you think it ended up seeping in that it turned him good? I don't think it did. I still think it was just the tickle belt. But he, he doesn't said, have it. No, but he did say that during when it, that big tickle session when it broke, that it was changing his DNA. That's like a little bit that he says. So I think it like something in his DNA changed where he like couldn't, he literally couldn't do anything bad anymore without it starting to tickle him. Oh, so you're saying that the tickle belt is what causes that? Yeah. I don't think he learned because he still tried. I don't think if it wasn't for the fact that he was laughing every time he tried to do something or say something bad, he would have still like stolen from the bank or whatever. I want those checks with the puppies on though, though. Right. The poodles. (laughs) Um, Time for this week's bubble break, Omar. You ready? Are you ready? Is the real question. I can barely talk, but it's fine. Josh is a a little bit uh, under the allergy weather right now, so he's dying. (laughs) flowers are trying to kill me those new york flowers are different than the desert flowers <laughs> you're used to i got a very topical one this week so Let's this week i took a lot of inspiration from man ray and i wanted to know if you were a supervillain, what would be your supervillain power and what would be your motivation okay so do you already have an idea of what yours is yes go go with yours and then i'm going to take a little bit of inspo from yours okay so I've always thought that like one of the dopest powers to have would be to like control natural disasters, like be able to like, here's a tornado, here's an earthquake, there's a tsunami. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my head, I'm like, oh, that'd be a cool superpower. But no, I think that I want that definitely be my supervillain power. Mm-hmm. And as far as motivation goes, I think it has to be earth related. So I think I'd be like the reverse Captain Planet. That's what would be my name. Reverse, reverse Captain, <laughs> Captain Planet. So, uh, wait, wait. Would you f*** the Earth more? Is that no, no, the no, goal? No, no, no. Like, he's good. He's a good person that uses, like, the Earth to, like, stop people from, like, destroying it. But I'm so pissed that people are destroying it that I just, like, goodbye. Kill people who destroy. Goodbye, New destroy. York. Or goodbye, China. All the pollution's gone. So By yeah. crushing them? By sending a tsunami or something, you know? Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a that's real scary. Yeah. Well, for me, my superpower will always be regardless of who or what like it is. Cuz here's the I'm not going to on your on your superpower, but I have a I think there's three top superpowers you can have. And it's one and this like in order of strength. Mm-hmm. Time travel. Okay. Teleportation. And then super speed. And I never f- with time travel because I just like, there's too many things you can mess up. Like I could like basically zap myself out of existence somehow, but I do love teleportation. So I still think even if I was a superhero or super villain, that would be my superpower. Well, I guess that's pretty solid. Yeah. And, uh, because I feel like if you can fly or anything like that, like people just like pick you out of the sky. Yeah. It's just like, Zap, you're dead. Um, so teleportation would have like the better thing. And I think if I was evil, I think I'd go like the whole dictator route. Okay. 
where like I want to control the whole earth. So like not take over the world to like just because I want to be vain, but take over the world that like I just want to be in charge. But then use my superpower to like impose my will. How would you use teleportation for that? Well, for example, Josh, if say I, you were giving me, uh-huh. I just poof over to your house, grab you, poof to the sky, and let go of you, and then gotcha. I poof away. Okay. I could poof you to the Arctic right now, and you wouldn't Solid. even know. You know. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that has like a high potential for like others, like other cool superhero skills, like not just like oh transport, but like being able to like from a combat standpoint like you're pretty safe no matter what happens like number five from umbrella academy exactly yeah but like he like him and like nightcrawler they're like the few people i've seen with teleportation and then that one movie jumper yeah i still like feel like they don't use it well enough like five obviously he's like an adolescent so i'll give him some stuff but like nightcrawler he has like that limitation where you have to like He has to know where he's going and stuff like that. I don't feel like they ever have a full control of it. And I feel like I would spend a lot of my time just being like, okay, I'm going to poof somewhere I've like tried, never been and like try to do stuff like that, you know, or maybe I'll just go to like a couple different places like they do in jumper and like not develop a pattern. Just be like, these are like my go-to spots for running away Uh because like, then you can't be stopped, buddy. And if I'm a villain, if I want to take over the world, poof, just kill the president. Poof. Just killed the <laughs> other president of another country. I could just go to every single UN and just done. Solid. Everything. That's fair. All right. Yeah. And then I rule the world and they'd be like, and I could be like a normal person. Create a little team. You gotta have a team. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. You only need a team if you're teleporting though. Oh, I love teleporting. You I just feel like it, you get the best bang for your buck. But you, you don't need a team then. You have everything there. Yeah, I guess. But like, Except you like, gotta have. You got super strong. You got to facilitate it, you know? Yeah, I guess so. And then, like, oh, oh God, there's so many things. I could talk about teleportation today. <laughs> like, like if I get good at, you know, like, most cartoons or shows, they're like, you have to grab the person and then you poof. Like, yeah. I'd be able to try to, like, poof other people without poofing myself. Yeah. Like, I imagine, like, walking up to someone and just tapping them and they're gone. That's pretty solid. All right. That's power, man. All right. So you better watch your back, Josh. If I yep. can ever get that superpower, you're going down. Do me a favor. Act two, squirrel jokes. Um, so in this episode, uh, Krusty Krab is hosting some comedy nights, and SpongeBob tries his hand at it, realizes it's not very good, and then tries doing uh, entire jokes based on Sandy and squirrels in general. Um, realizes this is a hit, um, but hurts Sandy's feelings, so he continues to doing it and has to choose between his career or the friendship. Kind of learns a lesson in the end. So I think this is like super relevant. I think there's a lot of, we see a lot of comedians today who get in trouble for doing a lot of non-PC stuff. It's kind of crazy how much we hear about that. So how do you, how do you feel about that whole subject? I don't know. I think comedy has needs to progress further. So like I am a little bit on the PC crowd. I do think that comedians should have the freedom to say whatever they want. But if a crowd doesn't like it and people want to vilify them for it, then it's like, sorry. Although I do, I am very big. I don't mind comedians doing like the no cell phones policy rule because I feel like they should be able to be in a club, say their their material. And even if it's pushing the boundaries a little bit racially or whatever, that they should be able to bomb in peace 
and then like just never say that joke again. But if you're so, here's a question: If you're going to mm-hmm. go see a comedian who you know is racy and like does a lot of push the boundaries a lot, and they say something offensive, like whose fault is it then that you went to go see their show and you already knew what you're getting yourself into? I don't know, cause it like it depends, cause like how how. It, I think you do. You should know what you're going to see, like what comedian you're going to see. I don't think you should go to someone's show that you have no idea who they are. But like, how are you supposed to discover people if you you're like, oh, I hear this comedian's really good, and you yeah. go see him, and you're like, oh, I found out that he's you know masturbating well, in front of women. I guess <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I mean, like, I feel like more we hear more about like the big name celebrities that get in trouble for certain jokes and stay stuff they say. So mm-hmm. these people already have names for themselves. And like the people who go see them and then are like, oh, I'm insulted by this thing that they said. I'm like, well, they've always been like that. Like, why is it a surprise now that they're saying this kind of stuff? And I guess that's the part that doesn't super make a lot of sense. I don't know. For me, like I said, like times are changing and your audience is changing. And if you want to keep making the same jokes, make the same jokes. Yep. But if you lose your audience because of the jokes that you make, then... Mm-hmm. You have to evolve or you just stick to your art. There's there's tons of artists out there who are making art that no one cares about. Mm-hmm. And if your art just suddenly becomes that because no one cares about the taste, you either evolve or you or you stay, you know? And I wonder how many of these comedians actually lose an audience or they still have a very, like, they can still do a show and still get paid well enough doing these kind of jokes and stuff because there's still an audience for that. So it's kind of yeah. weird. I mean, one of my favorite comedians is Bo Burnham, and I feel like his older stuff was very, like, had some problematic things. And even, like, his last, I think his very, very last stand-up thing also had some slightly, like, problematic things. And you, again, you you make that choice on a choice-by-choice basis. Yeah. I think this act is, like, a perfect example of that because SpongeBob has to choose his material. And he decided to go out, like, as a clean comedian, which there are clean comedians, out there out like doing that kind of stuff and you know he ended up just being one of those comedians who like makes fun of people just like the pe- comedian before him was like oh i'm like kind of like a prop comedian he just throws yeah. pies at people well i feel like like going off what you're saying like i don't think that he's a clean comedian i think what he did he just learned how to be inclusive i guess he isn't just mm-hmm. bashing on squirrels he's making it so everyone's getting bashed on which people like Bo. I think do do very well. Like, yeah, they, mm-hmm. he says a lot of racy stuff, but he also bashes every kind of group out there and himself. So it's like, yeah. it makes it like, it's not just he's, he's this racist. No, he is making comedian. He's making jokes about everything. Right. And I feel like the best, I guess more, most popular, I wouldn't say best. I think the most popular version of that kind of comedy has always been South Park. Yeah, like South Park oh, yeah. has has never pu- drawn drawn any punches for any group. I feel like they make fun of every single group, and like they're like some of the raciest takes of certain people. You know, like they have like one like very like I don't even know. Like I would label it as transphobic, but some people might not. It's just like Mr. Garrison gets a sex change, but yeah. then is in love with women, and like they now identify as a woman. Like you know st- that whole situation, but like they kind of make light of it. But, like, in the other, like, veins, like, they're making fun of gay men, straight men, and, like, everything. So, it's, like, they're making fun of all these types of people. And when I was younger, I kind of gave them a pass for that because I was, like, oh, okay, like, you know, South Park is making fun of everyone. 
So like, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, they're racist or whatever because they're making fun of everyone. But like this episode, I also like, I read this book and it's actually pretty good. It's kind of hard for most people to, to stomach, but it's called White Fragility. Uh, Robin D'Angelo is the author. I highly recommend it for anyone, white or non-white. Uh, but the whole situation, it's like, it explains that like racism, which I feel like, again, this whole episode is kind of like a, like a metaphor for, not, not, not even, even a metaphor. It's like straight yeah, up like racism. It's straight up racism. Yeah. Is that like it, if it benefits the status quo, mm-hmm. then that's what makes it racist. Cause racist is, racism is like a systematic thing, which not a lot of people understand and not people, a lot of people are ready to understand, but like it, this is like a very, I don't know. I did not like the second half of this episode. I did not think it was as funny as I did when I was younger. And I, I, that's my 2019 sensibilities kicking in. I feel. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think it's meant to be funny though. Like, I don't think his jokes are meant to be funny. I don't think the way Sandy acts is meant to be funny. I think it's more a commentary on don't be a bully. Yeah. But I mean, it is a kid's show aiming for comedy, right? So but it's like, also teaching lessons, I think though. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I don't, I, I don't remember watching this episode as a kid and finding anything he said funny. Like, I don't remember saying like, oh, that scroll joke was actually funny. Or like the way Sandy, I don't like, I didn't remember coming away from this episode and thinking there was humorous. I was like, this is commentary about what not to do. I don't know. When I was younger, I kind of felt it in the same way that like the Texas episode where Mm -hmm. they're like, they're making fun of Texas and it's like, oh, he's just making fun of Sandy to get laughs. Like I didn't see it as mean. I saw it as like him trying to, you know, be funny. And in the end, like the lesson isn't like, don't make fun of your friends. It's like, make fun of everyone, you know, just like, that's what like the act kind of is. Right. I guess so. Yeah. I guess it just depends on you. Take it. Because it's yeah. like, it's that or just like, no, when to have a boundary. Because you can make racy jokes. It doesn't mean, just because it's 2019 doesn't mean you can't make racy jokes. I, no, think I agree with that. that. You have to have to, there's a very good defined line before it becomes very offensive. And, and I feel like, like that's run what into, comedians run, are meant to do. Yeah. And that's the thing that's weird about comedy, though, is comedy is like the one, like one of the weird art forms out there or entertainment forms out there that pushes these boundaries that a lot of people can't get away with in any other kind of form which is crazy i can't imagine like the pressure of being a comedian and like trying a new bit and being like oh is this too much like i went and saw daniel sloss when he was here in new Mm -hmm. york and he did this whole thing about rape and sexual assault and some of it was like a little intense but then the way like his style is like he always ends up with like this very serious lesson there so it made sense within the context of what we mm-hmm. were listening to, it made sense. So it's like, I think if you're quick to judge and be like, oh, this person's like a piece of shit, it's like, no, some of them actually have, but a lot of people are pieces of shit. So it's, it's hard. It's very mm-hmm. hard. And then it, again, it's another one of those, it's a weird thing. There's very few mediums that you pay first and then get the thing that you want and you don't know what it is. Yeah. So like movies are like that. Typically, at least in New York, you pay to get into the comedy club and then you also pay drink minimums because, you know, they want you nice and loosey-goosey for the show you don't get a chance to like really vet the person all the time you know sometimes it's the opening act that like pisses you off or they suck because i've been i've watched comedy shows that like aren't that good and i'm like i wouldn't have paid money for this usually it's like i'm filming for work so it's fine i don't know like i said it's weird that that's the kind of situation you end in because i have seen some of um what was the comedian's name daniel sloth yeah right i've seen his like whole penguin bit that he did on Conan. And I think that's hilarious, but like, 
I don't know if in the room, like what, like hearing him talk about like rape or sexual assault, like would be my cup of tea. And maybe like, again, it's like a context thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I won't know until I go. And it's like what you brought up earlier is like, like, what do you do in the situation where you, where you don't like you get offended in that situation? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just very weird. It's like weird on the comedian and weird on the audience nowadays. It's just like, there's so much pressure on both sides to, I don't, I don't know. It's just odd. Anyways, I have a question for you though. Yes. Roll on or stick deodorant. Roll on or stick deodorant. Yeah. What's the difference between those? I guess mine are I've sticks. never known the difference. What is the difference between Why are you asking me a question you don't know? Okay, I'm going to hold on one moment. Roll on versus stick. I feel deodorant. like maybe one of them is doesn't like not it doesn't exist anymore, right? Is like roll on a thing? Maybe. I don't know cuz like I guess roll on is like a ball. Oh. That's what it is. It's the ones that are like balls. Oh. I think that's more of like a. I don't see a lot of men's deodorant, like no. men marketed deodorant as that. I think mm. that's like a more like a female marketed deodorant, which I hear female deodorant doesn't work very well from a heard, lot of people. Yeah, from every female who uses from it. From every every person who's ever tried it, that and like natural deodorant, they say never. So, but no, I definitely, I guess, stick deodorant is my way to go. Yeah, that's funny. With Sandy, it was just like sitting there debating it. Have you ever just like forgotten to put on deodorant in the morning sometimes? Absolutely not. That's like one of my biggest fears. I don't like really? thinking that I smell bad. Yeah. There's some times where like I've been lazy all day and I'm like, okay, I'm not going anywhere. So like I'm not doing very much of active activity and I'm like, okay with it. But then I'm like, oh, I got to go out. And then I'm like, oh man, I forgot to put on, like I got ready, but I didn't put on deodorant. No, I mean like I'll even like, if I don't like shower, but I still going out, I'm like, oh, I should probably just put on some deodorant real quick. No, like I do that, but like sometimes I'll be, like I'll shower in the morning, or I'll like I'll shower the night before, and I'm like, cool, I'll get up, and I'll just be sitting around, and someone is like, hey, like you want to come hang out? So then I'll get like my hair ready, brush my teeth, and then head out. No, and I just forget. No, I feel like it's good to forget every now and then because then your your body doesn't get used to the deodorant. I guess so. Because they say you're supposed to switch them out. Which oh, I still haven't done. I've never heard that. I've no, never... no one, no one who's listening has probably smelled me, so <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> I was really, really uncomfortable with the whole Sandy and the supermarket thing. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised she didn't. I think it's kill safe anyone. to say that this whole episode is just uncomfortable in general. So it's fine. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was horrifying. Um, but I do have a question. How do you feel about prop comedy? Do you think it's a cheap laugh? If it's done right. I think there's some good prop comedy out there. But like, what, just throwing pies at people? No. I don't think that's funny. You don't think that's funny? No. What do you Okay, do? what about throwing slime on people? Because that was basically Nickelodeon for the longest time. Yeah, I just didn't think it was funny. I like, I couldn't, like, understood the gag. And probably as a kid, it's funny just because it's whatever. But like, I don't know, it's not that funny to just jump a bunch of slime on someone. Especially like the Kids' Choice Awards. Like I never got why that was like the big funny thing to do. It was just like, it's like that's a Nickelodeon thing to do. It's not necessarily funny. It's just like branding. It's branding. You just green slime on everybody. Now, I never got prop comedy. I think the only person that got real close was Dimitri Martin. And if you could really consider that prop comedy. Trying. Because he would, like, he would like draw like a line and it looked like a sunrise. And he's like, yeah, oh, this looks like a sunrise. Yeah. Or a bald man peeking over a table. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's funny. But even then, like, I've never been a huge Dimitri Martin fan. Yeah. 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 I, I just feel like he did it well. 
that's the thing again like bigger bigger issue with comedy in general is just like it's so hard to please everyone so you have to mm-hmm. have like multiple kinds and some people slapstick some people like props some people like like political humor it's it's great it goes all over the board so it's really hard to please everyone so what small lessons you get for this one i feel like both episodes were um both acts were kind of weird but i feel like this one only really has one which is like don't make fun of people i guess don't be mean to people don't don't, someone don't make yeah i mean don't be racist and don't be mean to people it's like be be sure and like i got like stand up for yourself like doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's a friend or foe, everyone can be. Sh- and I've had like friends who are sh- me, and you say something yeah. to them, and it makes them aware of it. And that's yeah. like Sandy definitely did that, and she didn't wait. She didn't wait till like the second night, third night. She did it right after his first bit. And she's like, "Hey, I'm really uncomfortable that you did that. It was great. That's mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful." Uh, yeah, I think that was a, a nice little thing that you picked up. I do like SpongeBob's little like you got to laugh at yourself once in a while. Mi- once in a while, also true. I do think it's true. Um, another one was like try not to lean so hard on stereotypes. Yeah. Um, same thing with when he goes over to Sandy's house, like Sandy really leads. And it's like, we were talking about the whole prison thing earlier. I feel like there's so many stereotypes about, you know, people who go to prison. And I feel like there are some times where you become the stereotype because everyone expects you to be expects that. you to be that yeah. person. And I think that's something that like both of these kind of like episodes kind of had, but I felt it more in this, in the second half yeah. of this one. How did you feel about uh, Texas Hillbilly Sandy? I I wonder if she got inspiration from someone she knows. No, honestly, wouldn't be surprised. Like she seems like she has this like colorful history. So, do you also think that Sandy tried to murder SpongeBob or torture him at least? Because she likes she knows all this stuff, but she was like playing into the stereotype, right? Yeah, and yeah, she just glued him to a stump. Dehydrated him. Dehydrated the hell out of him. And then filled him up with water. I guess so. I guess it was a harsh lesson to learn. But I mean, to be fair, she couldn't go outside her tree dome without being insulted. So, yeah. I mean, she, she did try to tell him nicely like multiple times. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it worked. So maybe that's what it get. And that's such, that's so sad that like SpongeBob is so, like, he just doesn't value his friendship enough he picks this friendship over career and that's a that's i guess that's a lesson we can talk about too is that sometimes that's hard sometimes you do have to make those choices mm-hmm. about people especially if you're like with a coworker who did something bad you gotta say something or like i don't I know there's a lot of situations like that and like what do you do do you pick friendship uh, over career i feel like if you have a good friendship your career shouldn't matter yeah, a lot of times I feel like if your career is getting in the way of your friendships, either your career is taking too much of your time, or your friends aren't compatible with your life. Yeah, and that's like a choice you got to make personally. Like, like, oh uh, yeah, I'm travel. If you're traveling the world all the time and you don't have time to make a lot of really close friends, or your close friends don't make an effort to keep in touch with you, then it's like, are they really your good friends? Yeah, that's good. One. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and like also. SpongeBob, like this isn't even his career. Like this, he even said that he's like, I had to pick my what do I pick? Do I pick this over my career? It's like, no, it's not your career. It's like maybe a hobby, something you're not even good at. Yeah, that no one likes yeah. you doing, except for when you're making fun of everyone yeah. in the whole room. <laughs> That's why I don't have any friends. Womp, womp, womp. So I can be wildly successful. <laughs> Hasn't worked uh, yet. So. <laughs> so I got neither. All right, big lesson this week. 
I think it's this one is a little little tough to be fair. I actually really like mine. For you this like one. this one? I think mine's a little different. So why don't you start with yours? I felt like all right. Yeah. So my lesson, my huge, gigantic, big old lesson, was laughter is a powerful thing. Oh my God, we got the same lesson. Oh well, what did you say about it? I well, I didn't say it was. So I I took it that the power of like there's power in laughter, but there's also like danger. And so I think both of these episodes talked about like the danger of laughter because we always talk about the power of laughter in life, but we don't talk about how dangerous it can be and like how it can cause problems in relationships and stuff. So I think both of these ones touched on that. So I think it's interesting. So the the what I took away from it was you. Like what you choose to laugh at is very important mm-hmm. and we don't put a lot of thought into it. And we see it more with the second half, but I do think that in the first half, it's like, you know, they're using laughter as medicine technically in the first half or more as like punishment. Torture. Right? It's literal torture. Yeah. Um, But they're choosing to laugh at like the evil intent. Right. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of comedy is like laughing at things that make people like people, like mm-hmm. maybe a little bit uncomfortable, maybe a little bit um, on the darker side, especially like boundary pushing comedy. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I also think that with Sandy, it's like very important what we choose not to laugh at because there, I can't tell you how many times I've personally been in a situation where it's like someone makes kind of like an uncouth joke that I don't think is very funny, but it's like, then you're the only one not laughing, which I feel like Sandy was 100% in her situation, the only one not laughing. Yeah. Right? And I just like to remind people, like, if you don't think it's funny, you don't have to laugh at it. Yeah. Even if it's nervous laughter, like, sometimes I'll do that where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kind of good. And I feel like what you choose to do that with is actually a very smart idea. Whereas yours is, like, more, are, oh. I guess, like, the 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 scary part of laughter yeah right yeah tell, tell me what you got yeah it's just that there are dangers in laughter and i think you touched on a lot of the points with that too it's just that i mean in the first part we use laughter as a torture it can be i yeah. guess and like in the grand scheme of things there is like when you laugh at someone right mm-hmm. it causes problems it like can honestly cause a lot of like weird um social hang-ups, hang-ups for the rest of their life like bullying and all that stuff like it's crazy so yeah and like so it's funny how the first part sets it up that laughter is torture in like a in a real like physical way yeah like an actual actual physical way yeah and the second part it's like open expands it more into it is like a mental thing that and like not even just a mental thing a systematic thing yeah like Sandy experienced a level of like racism a lot of people don't experience where it's like not only are people stereotyping you but like the whole place to that you live in is now hostile to you. Right. And it must be hard because like unlike, you know, Sandy is the only squirrel there where at least in other places that there's like some sort of camaraderie if you have like other groups of people, but if you're like yeah. the only person, right? You have no one else who can relate to your situation. They're like, "Yeah, I guess like I can't talk to anyone about this. They all think I'm stupid because they don't know who it what it's like to be me. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I guess like for me, like the biggest thing is try to remind yourself that when you hear a joke and you think it's funny, and I sometimes you can't do it in the moment, but sometimes later when you're sitting down, just think about why did I think that was funny? 
Yeah. And I think a lot of times when we're watching comedies or sitcoms or anything like that, and you just like laugh out of either out of habit or even just like, if you think it's funny, like naturally, like a, it's a genuine reaction. It is good to sit back and be like, what is this joke really pointing to? Why do I think it's funny? And again, it's hard to do in the moment, but I definitely think it is something worth reflecting on every now and then because it does affect the people around us without us knowing. Yeah. Cause it affects other people's outlook on other things. Yeah, for sure. So I th- find it really interesting that we found such like a deep meaning in like an episode that you didn't really enjoy. And also like in an episode where like, honestly, I would say that the second half of the episode is not really that funny. Sorry. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it was kind of like one. I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm starting to agree with you that the, at least the ones attached to the barnacle boy, like this mermaid man and barnacle boy ones, maybe they're not the best, best overall episodes. Yeah. It's just, just weird. This uh this season has been a roller coaster of like really good ones and really like a rough ones. I yeah, feel. yeah. Scary. We'll see how it goes for the rest of it. <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening to this week's episode. If uh you want to send us anything, comments, suggestions, is many as a podcast, or email us at is many podcast at gmail You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, and also be sure to just share with your friends and enemies and to comment on all of those wonderful platforms. And before I go, I really wanted to show you, Josh, this beautiful... Oh, my God. What is it? What's, oh, it's... Mama, 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 mama.